Fall Risk, only podcast in Boone, at least to my knowledge. And today I'm with the motherfucking self-help boys. So I myself, I've known about student, not student health, self-help for about, I'll say a year and a half now. My buddy Duke put me on to y'all. He said, bro, you gotta listen to this band, bro. And I was like, what you mean? Because he said, bro, if you like Chon and you like Palm, then I feel like you like, like self-help, bro. And I was like, well, what kind of music they make? He goes... Mario Kart music. Is there some shit you want to like play Mario Kart and listen to, bruh? And I was like, shit, okay. And so, first track I ever heard by y'all was Sexting Under Stars. And I was like, damn, bro. And it was it Drunk on a Saturday or Drunk on a Sunday? Sexting Under the Stars is another band that Edward and I are in. Yeah, so that's actually a lowercase numbers song. Oh yes, it is. Yes, it so is. So that that's happened a few times before. Honestly. But I mean, there's a lot of a lot of overlap because mm, we're both is. in that band too. Bro, when Whippets came out, me and Duke played that like nonstop for like two weeks, bro. Sweet. you really gotta be somewhere else. We're like, damn, this sounds like my first year at college, bro. <laughs> Shit, nice. But yes, self help, y'all. Introduce yourselves. Um. Hey, I'm Edward, and I've played guitar and self-help since uh, 2017, and uh, I can hand it over to David. <laughs> uh, I'm David, and I play bass and self-help, uh, I guess since like 2016, maybe? 20, Early 2017, yeah. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. Do uh, yeah. I'm John, I play the guitar, and I sing in self-help. Since uh, 2015, but it wasn't really a band until these other that David and Edward joined. It wasn't good, at least. So let's just say 2017. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah! So self help. How did it start? What made y'all go? Yeah, we're gonna do this band. We're gonna make this music, and you know, like Boone. Boone loves y'all. I love y'all. I just want to know, like, how it started. Like, what led y'all, like, to get here? Let's go that way. Um, so, pretty much self-help started as just, like, a bedroom project for me. Just kind of learning how to record music on my own and write songs and stuff. And then got offered a show after putting out, like, one or two short, shitty albums, EPs, whatever, on Bandcamp, and then, Bandcamp, shout out Bandcamp, uh, and then, so, I was like, uh, I'll just do this with a sampler, and then, I, that was, like, really hard, and sucked, so then, I got my roommate at the time, Parkins, who plays drums, who's not here right now, to play the songs with me, so we started as a two-piece, and then... We went through a couple different changes, but it was fun. At first, really, just, like, we would just get drunk and suck, but it was fun play at house parties, you know. Um, and then, I guess, we got offered a show at the Boone Saloon in, like, 2016 or 2017. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that's when David joined the band, because it was like, we were going to have real sound and everything and play on a stage. So it's like, we should probably make this sound better than it does, you know? Yeah. And that's when it really started to take more shape. And then, uh, let's say, then we kind of stopped for like six months. And then Edward joined the band. 
and that's when it started getting more serious and like well there was there was also a point where our friend Bailey was in the band and I was playing guitar in it and that quickly changed over to me playing bass yeah so we went through like a bunch of changes at the beginning but then once Edward joined we kind of solidified at that and then uh played together for like six months and then we recorded our first album um adult cartoons with our friend Jane and our friend Frank Frank Hartman the mastermind of mixing and mastering behind our music and the synth mastermind of our music, but he is also not here and lives in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Shouts out Minneapolis. Shouts out Minneapolis. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it started and how we got to where we're at now. And from now, from there on, it just, you know, I think we got better, our chemistry got better, the songwriting got better better we yeah. you know people started taking interest so you know it was just, kind of like it was kind of like an amoeba at the beginning um in terms of members and whatnot and i think when we added edward to the band that became like the fourth like piece that kind of like locked it in and we were like okay this is it and then i think right after then is when we started recording the first album so edward is kind of the glue that put it into place i guess um David and I had been playing music together for, like, maybe around a year and a half, like, before that, and then I think the first time I played with John was we played a Blink-182 cover show at Black Cat, and I think it was at that point, that was, like, me, David, and John, and our, our good friend Marcus, well, I think, you know, we realized we had, like, pretty good chemistry at that show. And then John and I, we were getting lunch like once or twice a week because like our lunch uh, break lined up for classes. And then he was like, you want to play guitar and self-help? And I was like, yeah. Then we played our first show and I was like, I, was, I think I had like the flu or something. I was so sick. Was this but, at Westview? Yeah, it was at Westview. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I was like, I was like in my hoodie and I was like sweating and then I would get like really cold. But it was, it was still fun. Um, we, were, and, we were at this basement venue and there was probably like a hundred people packed in there and it was super sweaty and like disgustingly hot and everyone's crammed together and I looked over and Edward had like sweatpants on and a, and a hoodie with the hood pulled up and like cinched as tight as it goes around his head and I was like you good dude and you're like I'm so cold right now and I was like oh, this is a great start to whatever this is gonna be I think you left to go get it. I think you left to go get like cough medicine or like like uh, NyQuil or something like right before we played. Yeah, and then David called me and was like, dude, we're playing in five minutes, just get back here right now. Like, okay. But then you ripped it. So yeah, that was that was how it started. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, when it comes to the, the following of you guys for the past year and a half, like, I, I've never been to a self-help show. I mean, I tried going to the one at the dropping plates, but, or wait, no. I think I went to a lowercase number show at Ransom. Okay. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I also, I remember, I don't know if you guys performed it, but I remember seeing y'all at the Home Astronomy, like, final show at Ransom last year. Um, did we play that? We were definitely all there. I was, I was there. there. I was there, for sure. I can't remember if we... I think it was... I don't think we played it. Basilica. Yeah. And mm. It wasn't games. Basilica. I think it was, um... Didn't Oz... I think Ozone, Ozone Jones, Jones playing, yeah. That's kind of the thing about the Boone music scene, is that it's, like, the same 30 people that make yeah. up, like... Eight different bands, so mm. it kind of gets confusing sometimes trying to remember who's who because sometimes a lot of these same bands will just like 
one member can't play, so someone else from another band will kind of just learn the yeah. parts and shit. So it gets kind of confusing where you see like a band, you're like, this is not the original lineup yeah. whatsoever. Or like a, a new band will form that's just like subtract one member from another band, add someone that's in a different band, you know? So it's like. It's kind of just like working with what the Boone it's music the scene has. Music. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Yeah, definitely. So when when I when I came up to Boone like initially like last year like um, worked in worked for a record label in high school in Charlotte uh, music was everything to me but I was in the hip hop scene like that was that was everything to me like I had a band scene back home like Feelings Club was there and we got to do that but the majority of music business I did was like hip hop in Charlotte but um. This is definitely a lot different than anything I've seen. Like this, like this place. Like when I came up to Boone, I, I came up to Boone to like to stop music. Like it was hurting my mental health and stuff like that. Like yeah, the yeah. business aspect, and just like you know, people you feel like you can trust, they would just you know the the you know, they turn around and say <laughs> yeah. something different. You know, but the first show like I got to go here, like go to up here at the borough, just ignited that again. I was like, dude, like this is here yeah. and on my dorm floor last year I lived at the LLC for a minute okay. and the doozers practiced there like all the time and I was like or it, maybe it was slurp wave it was one of the two but I was just like I was like damn bro like it's just it's here they just they're doing it because they enjoy it and like that's their that's their output yeah so when it comes to like like when it when it comes to this podcast like longevity um I don't know how long I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it as long as I enjoy it. And sometimes I don't even enjoy it. But I know that I want to do it, and I know that it brings me some happiness. Yeah, yeah. So what keeps, like, y'all going? Like, what is, like, that that energy that, like, that, I don't, I don't know. Like, what's keeping y'all in the mindset of self-help, we love it, let's keep doing it? So personally, um... I, one of my favorite things is just we'll go over to John's house to have a band practice and John will come up with this like very accessible sounding like cool poppy chord progression and then he'll be like but wait there's more and then he'll add this thing that he like had made in Ableton and it'll be this like insane sounding loop that just you know if it was on its own would not like be in the realm of most genres of music I guess and so it's kind of just the combination of trying to make stuff that's like really accessible and catchy, but just trying to see how much weird shit we can kind of add in on top of it. And I feel like Edward does some really cool part writing with his guitar parts um, that kind of really highlight that idea. Um, I, I kind of feel like the fact that we've been, like, such good friends for so long, it, like, I mean, like, uh, we, we do work a lot on stuff, but, on stuff, but it doesn't really feel like work because we're always just like having fun and hanging out and and I don't know it's just like I think it always excites us to work on new stuff and to like explore a lot of different like possibilities and whatnot um, yeah I feel like for me it's just like what with everything they said you know and it's just kind of like it feels like our chemistry gets better like every time we play and you know, I haven't felt like we've hit any sort of plateau or anything, and it's just, like, really exciting to, like, get to grow together as musicians and, like, 
feel like, you know, like sometimes, sometimes we'll have a practice and we'll like, well, feel a little discouraged because yeah, we're just like out of practice <laughs> and we're like in a bad mood or whatever. But then the next practice, we'll just be like, okay, you know, we're sounding better than we ever had before and we're all <laughs> in a good mood today or whatever, you know, yeah. and, uh, but then on top of that, so I guess it's just kind of, you know, it's exciting and fun to like feel like you're, you know, for one thing, I think we're all making music that we really enjoy making and like have a lot of fun putting creative energy into. And then another thing that keeps it going for sure is that, you know, especially like the Boone community and just having a lot of support from people that like, you know, want to keep hearing what we're doing and, uh, you know, we'd all be making music still even if like everyone hated it you know but that helps a lot for sure to like keep things moving forward and like nice have to push yeah i think another cool thing that helps us with making progress with the music we write is the fact that we all like a lot of the same bands but we also all have pretty different music tastes like like if we all only listen to the same bands i feel like we would kind of just be dead on impact like we might not like have the have the, the, like, you know, the, the means to keep going if we all just listen to the same shit, but, mm-hmm. uh, we all like a lot of the same bands, like, there's probably, like, 30 or 40 bands that we all, like, love together, but all of us take a lot of influences from, like, weird aspects of music, I guess, like, uh, Edward and I like math rock a lot, and it's kind of, it's funny to put, like, it's, we're, we're not really math rocky, honestly, but there's, there's some elements thing that you can draw from that are kind of cool hyper-pop music and all sorts of the weird edges of music nowadays. Yeah. Oh, I'll just, I'll hand this back. I got it. So when it comes to you guys' sound, like, definitely, it's definitely unique. You can definitely hear, like, a lot of different aspects of different types of, like, you know, m- band music yeah. and just different types of music in general. Now, not putting y'all in a category or anything, um, I, I love, you know, different types of bands, like, you know, a band I'm always obsessed with is Parking Lots, and, um, John, Palm, like, and it's just, I, I love, I don't know, you know, I love the sound of it, and the sound of it's great, and it's just, like, it's different, you know, it's not just, like, I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of bands try to, of course, emulate the sounds of their favorite bands, like, Definitely. Student Health, I hear, like, they, they grew up Prince Daddy and Joyce Manor fans, like all of them. And you, I can definitely hear the Joyce Manor, Prince Daddy, like, vibe that they try and give off. Especially, like, when Duke was in student health, I definitely, like, yeah. felt that in lyricism and just the guitar in general that Jake had. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of different now. They got Boneyard Graveyard, a lot, a lot heavier songs. So, um... I don't really know. Once again, when it comes back to the longevity idea and a future of self-help, how do you guys feel like you're going to approach the future and what is your ultimate goal with this this project you guys have been working on since, you said, what, what 2015, John? Yeah. yeah, 2015. We're at like maybe six years now, like yeah. quite a bit of time. How do you guys feel like, you know, like five years from now, maybe even ten years from now, how do you feel like, what impact do you want to leave with self-help for this future and the everlasting just work and growth? Well, I think what you're saying about the longevity question is a scary question that a lot of 
people like face and it's like scary to think about but luckily like what you were saying with all the weird bands that people are into uh the theory is that you kind of just have like an endless supply of ideas because i feel like bands like palm and like palm is amazing they're so weird but like the cool thing about how accessible music is now is that you can just find a band like that like every day if you want to so you kind of have like a countless list of ideas to go from like it's never gonna run out you know what i mean so thinking about longevity is kind of scary but it's also one of those things where you literally have like an endless source of uh inspiration to run off of so that's kind of a cool thing to think about yeah i feel like you know the main goal of longevity in my mind with it would just you know like i said before just keep making music and keep having fun with it and you know progress progress together as musicians as much as we can and you know obviously like the dream would be to you know be career musicians and make a career band sort of thing like tour tour the fucking world and just have fun playing music and shit but you know i'd say longevity wise like david said you know just yeah keep exploring new sounds and you know being happy with what we're making and uh yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's really cool thing to you know, especially since our last album came out. I feel like we got to like be a little bit more like players in the game mm-hmm. a little bit, and you know, like uh, pick and choose all the things we want. Yeah, and like get a better understanding of how production works, and you know, now like listening to you know, like the new like Spirit of the Beehive album, like just listening, you know, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Oh my God. But it's like you know, listening to stuff like that, or like, and picking apart like how the how did you produce that, you know, and like wanting to like figure out how they did stuff like that, or like listening to, you know, even like old like '60s pop songs, like even just like listening to like the Beatles or something, and just like, just mean like how do you write a melody like that? Like how did you figure out that chord structure? Like and you know picking apart, like, the simplicities and the intricacies and the technicalities of stuff and just, like, yeah, learning and just, yeah. So yeah. I guess my longevity goal, personally, is, again, just keep making music, keep learning, keep having fun. Yeah. yeah. I'll say with also what John was saying, when you, uh, when every every artist's, like, first recorded piece, like, their first EP or their first album, they're kind of just running off of, like, the most basic thing that they can get their hands on. So, like, your first album... It's kind of just by proxy, it's going to be like the most simplified version of what you can like record. But then like as you, you know, record more, you like make more connections with people and you can, you know, like maybe get access to weirder gear, or like cooler stuff. And then obviously as that time goes, you find new bands that are like even weirder and cooler. And I was definitely going to say Spirit of the Beehive as well, because I feel like like, we will just kind of find an album and we'll all listen to it and be like, whoa, this is insane. And then, like, it, like, you know, inherently is going to, we're going to draw inspiration from it if you find something. So, but yeah, they're, they're pretty fucking awesome. I feel like so many bands' first album are, like, my favorite album, though. Yeah, Yeah, because it's, it's, well, yeah, it's it's like the, it's like the condensed, just, like, simplified version of their sound before they get access to a bunch of, uh, you know, additional stuff. (laughs) Um, last practice, I, I made a joke. I was like, three albums from now will be like the self-help metal album. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the, the the cool thing is, I mean, I think we're all like, if if like one of us has like a weird idea, like we're never like, no, that's not our thing. Like I feel like we'll like 
all like entertain like the weird ideas we have and like flush them out and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but sometimes we can flush it out in a way where we can like incorporate it so like um yeah well that kind of idea also comes a lot from like the improv side of music where it's kind of like the yes and theory so like if someone has an idea even if you at first are like i don't know about this just like roll with it and then you know, nine times out of ten, if you have an idea, even if you don't like it at the beginning, you can just kind of make something really cool out of it. So, just got to stay open-minded, pretty much, which is a good practice. But, but yeah, I mean, like, five to ten years from now, like, I hope, uh, I hope, you know, we're still doing this. I would, I would love that. And even, like, we're all, we're all moving to New York in a few months, or I guess less than two months now. But, like, we're, we're all taking, I guess, this pretty seriously, so, yeah, I think, I would like to think five to ten years from now we're still making albums and playing music. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. New York. <coughs> Splendid pit place. I love that place. The, um, the decriminalization of, you know, of the, 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 the Lord's plant uh, was, was very nice. Dude, I got yeah, I got some people you guys should meet up there in New York. Um, buddy of mine, Andrew, fashion designer. I feel like he would like y'all a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, what's up? What's course. up, Andrew? Yeah, he's like uh, I think Andrew's a model for Fila. He was a year ago, and he told me he may yeah, still yeah. be. But yeah. yeah, um, New York. The the seriousness of this, you know, I can see it. It just like I didn't know y'all were moving to New York. First off, makes me sad. But second off. Happy for y'all. That's growth. Yeah, come visit us. Of course, bro. I'll take a train. I'm going to take trains to New York. I don't want to take Dude, a plane. I have a really horrible train experience about going to New York to tell you about after the podcast. Okay, okay. Damn, for real? We're there. Yeah, you can talk about it if you want to on here. Well, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Well, longevity. Five to ten years. That's nice. And so, to furthermore, uh, you, you talked about inspiration, David. So, um, as, a, as, e, as just individuals and as a band, um, what are your top three inspirations? And also, what would you say the main inspirations are for self-help, like, in general? Like, but individually, like, you guys as artists, like, what are the, like, Top three, I'm sure, you know, there's, of course, more than three people you guys have listened to and gotten inspiration from. But, like, you know, the ones that, like, jump-started. Like, you know, my car dies all the fucking time. I gotta jump-start that shit, like, 24-7. What were the jumper cables that you guys used? Um, I, I remember there was a Frank Zappa interview where he's talking about one of his albums, and he's like, inside the album I have, like, a list of people, and they're all my influences, and he says, like, some of them are positive, some of them are negative, and I'm not going to tell you which ones. But, um, I don't know. I think making, a, like, inspirations, if I were to make a list of all of them, I feel like it'd be over a thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if three, personally, I, w- I would have to say, um, The Beatles, um, Weezer, and, uh, Weezer again. Weezer just a second time. Two spots. Just like Pinkerton one and then Teal the second. Pinkerton and then the the B sides of Pinkerton. (laughs) 
Um, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to say Tara Mellows just because I, I listen to them so much. Um, yeah. I'll give this to David. Yeah. I would say in high school, I was a lot more centered on, like, psychedelic music. I really loved Fish, and I loved, like, all the weird... You still like Yeah, oh, I, I will go ahead and say now that all of, as I talk through the chronology of my music obsession, I haven't stopped loving any of these bands, but I loved Fish a lot in high school, and I still do. So I definitely love that kind of aspect of psychedelic music, but I really like... I feel like towards the end of high school, I started listening to, like, Flying Lotus and some weird, like electronic music like that and I drew inspiration from that a lot too I definitely don't really like know how to make electronic music at all but I try to like transfer it over to instruments as best as I can and then when I came to app I definitely got way more into like DIY like emo music yeah. I say like Glockamora and Oliver Houston that's one like really sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alright yep that's it that's all I actually draw inspiration from that's the end I would say, though, the past, like, year or two, it's been pretty much exclusively Spirit of the Beehive, though. They've been, they've been, uh, yeah, uh, they've definitely climbed the ranks. They're, like, my top five, I would say now, for sure. Yeah, I feel like, for me, like, if I had to go down to, like, three groups, for me, it would be, like, you know, over the course of my life, it just Ween of Montreal and Blink-182, honestly, just because, like, Ween and of Montreal, well, so Ween, just fucking weird. Also, the home production shit, like, it's cool. They, like, have no bounds in genre, mm-hmm. you know, which I love about them. Um, of Montreal, just, like, also, you know, home produced for a lot of that, you know. Kevin Barnes does a lot of home production, which I always just really admire and uh, think is really cool. And also, just, like in my mind those are perfect pop songs that are still like you know not pop well they're they're pop but you know it's not like yeah. uh, radio pop I guess it's indie pop mm-hmm. it's all very accessible in my mind but yeah, yeah. it's really interesting shit and then Blink-22 is just like funny as hell and also just like sick you know <laughs> like if you, I feel like if you say you don't like Blink-22 you're kind of lying to yourself so, or you just you just haven't heard the right Blink One Eight Two songs, but then outside of that, you know, like David said in high school too, it's like I was really into hip hop, and that's what really got me into like making music. Is like I started off making beats and stuff like that, like listening to MF Doom, Mad Lib, you know, Danny Brown, Freddie Gibbs, like all that stuff. Just like you know, Jay Dilla, Flying Lotus, just trying to figure out how they did that and like the idea of sampling to me was just like really fucking cool and I just wanted to do that and it seemed really accessible so like you know those three bands I mentioned Ween, Blink-182 and of Montreal definitely are like my biggest like forever inspirations I think to just kind of you know strive to kind of be like them but then like hip-hop in general kind of like got me into making music more than anything I think, because it just felt more accessible. Like, David and Edward are trained, you know, would you say you're trained musicians? You guys are really fucking good, and you know your shit. Yeah, well, I think, I think we both took, like, music theory in high school, which is kind of like, uh, it, like, kind of breaks a lot of people in, with their music, uh, but it definitely trains you into learning the rules, and then, like, I guess, like, how to break them and stuff. you get on the AP exam? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I got a two. 
Really? I failed it. Dude, I would have expected yeah. you to get like a no, five. Dude, I got a two on it. I think I got a five on mine. Are you serious? Yeah, dude, yeah. my teacher's dad died like at the beginning oh, of man. the year, right? And then he just stopped showing up. Dang. Shit. It was, my, my teacher was a movie. I had like all my best friends in my music theory class, so it kind of made it fun. Because music theory is not very fun at all, but like I had my goofiest like friends in high school in the class with me. I will say though, I feel like self-help in music is definitely rooted in like humor a lot, which is kind of like as you just heard, we all really like psychedelic music a lot, but we also really like like emo, like Blink One Eighty Two, like kind of like more hardcore stuff. And I think if you like zoom out and look at trying to combine those two genres, that's just like a really funny predicament to be in, anyways. Mm. Like really weird, obscure psychedelic music and like like emo music. So I think that's kind of where some of the humor comes from because we're just trying to throw both of those genres out of a wall and make them stick together. But like, <laughs> as a band, I feel like we were, we got, re- especially for the latest album, we really got into Life by the Cardigans. And I yeah. think that really, that really like shaped the last album. And I feel like for the type of like, indie pop music that we play, I, I, re- I feel like that was made possible by like, Mac DeMarco. And, and I feel like a lot of people like, are maybe kind of embarrassed that they're inspired by him. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, he, he, he really yeah, did, like, he, he changed did. the game, I think, for, yeah. like, indie mm-hmm. rock. Like, there's, yeah. every um, band sounded like Mac DeMarco yeah. for, like, five years there was, after like, Salad Days came out. Post-Mac DeMarco syndrome when everyone just sounds like that and has chorus. Yeah. But yeah. also, I was going to say, the Cardigans started off as, like, a hardcore metal band, and then they found that singer. So that's kind of funny that we took inspiration from that, because that's, like, the same <laughs> predicament. It's, like, super catchy pop songs written by people who like a completely different genre of music. Hell yeah. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know what the third would be as a band. Probably just like. Uh, the any, people any we throw play anything out I there. I would just say, honestly, probably just the people we play with in Boone. Because mm-hmm. for the past like four years or so, we've just been playing with all of our best buds here. And it's kind of hard not to take inspiration from people like that. Just because, you know, you see them all the time and you hang out with them. And, you know, you yeah. say six, eight, kind of barring around. That's yeah. how it goes. <laughs> yeah.